Welcome everyone. Good evening. Uh, the last uh, few months uh, during the drop-in meditation class I shared a lot around what you could call a non-dual meditation, awareness of awareness meditation, exploring the nature of mind, the emptiness of mind. Sometimes also called non-meditation or effortless meditation. In today and possibly for the next classes, I would like to step a bit back from that into exploring the question how can we create an access point for us uh, to slide into or to fall into the experience of non-duality. So kind, uh, kind of going back a little to the progressive path model. So the evenings before they were more connected with a direct path model the sharing of the experience that the contentment and fulfillment or wholeness or oneness we are yearning for is always only available in this moment. It is just a matter of recognizing it. Whereas uh, the progressive past model says uh, we are not there yet and we need to do this and this or that in the future we will be there, whatever there is for us, you know, as a Christian or as a Buddhist, or doesn't matter. So I will go back a bit to the progressive path model. And the progressive path techniques uh, within the Tibetan tradition, they are meant as uh, that preparation for the non-dual experience, recognizing that our suffering comes from the dualistic split between a subject here, a solid real subject here, and a solid real out there. And there's immediately the tension and the dissatisfaction and the reactivity coming with that. So it's not possible with a progressive path method to awaken, but it can create conditions where awakening is more likely to happen. In one of the techniques or skill one cultivates within the progressive path model is uh, to stabilize the mind, to focus the mind. And within the Tibetan tradition, it's being done in what is called the nine stages of shamatha practice. So that is a training of our focus skill, so to be able to 
more and more to be to, to be able to hold the primary meditation objects in presence in the foreground. So you stay throughout the meditation more and more with what is important for you in that meditation. And that could be many different objects like the breath, like sound. The Tibetan tradition often in a visualization. So this is how this is taught in the Tibetan tradition, but I actually now want to go to another tradition uh, in the Thai forest tradition. Uh, they explore what they call the eight jhanas. And you don't find this kind of practice or this kind of teachings in the Tibetan tradition. And I just want to share a little bit about that and maybe make you curious uh, to explore the jhanas. So jhanas are meditative absorption into more and more subtle levels of consciousness. So right now in our daily life, what is in the foreground for us is most often the very coarse level of our consciousness. That's where our troubles also are. So our emotions, uh, the concepts, our resistance, our, the feeling of overwhelm, and so on and so on. Uh, so that, that is uh, a very coarse level of consciousness. But there's much more subtle levels of consciousness. For example, when we fall asleep, then we make a little journey, you know. So the coarse level of the daily life starts to dissolve and more subtle levels are, uh, become accessible until the dreamless state where we are on a very subtle level of our consciousness. There's more subtle levels like that, but so we go a bit through the journey of uh, different levels of uh, consciousness uh, every day through the falling asleep process and then waking up again and then the very coarse level of our mind manifests again. So in the Theravada tradition, they describe eight more and more subtle levels of consciousness which are all accessible for us. You know, they are all present in this moment. And they do this practice with a similar idea uh, the Tibetans train in shamatha in focus. So they familiarize themselves from, uh, with this with this more subtle levels of consciousness in order then to do either the non-dual practice or to do the vipassana practice. So that depends. But it, it becomes the, so the formless, uh, the meditative absorption is not a means in itself. It's like uh, creating a, a tool where you then can bring the wisdom aspects into the meditation. So the teachings on the jhanas, they are very uh, 
different also in the different lineages within Tibetan tradition, you know, the description of what they are, the description on how to access them, but also the description of what it means to have entered a jhana. So there's uh, different, uh, different maps describing that territory. So the, the object I want to uh, play with uh, in our first meditation, or the first meditation will be more like a preparation, and then after the break I will guide a meditation where I will explore the possibility to make what is called pity the primary meditation ob object. So pity, not like pity, uh, pitiful, and then pity, P-I-T-I. That is a word from the Pali Canon. And sometimes that is translated as bliss, but bliss is a bit too strong. So then we get a kind of a wrong idea when we hear the word bliss. So another, maybe for us more accessible translation is, pity is a pleasant body bus. A pleasant body bus. It's a, it's a pleasant flow of aliveness. And it is something subtle, so maybe uh, some of you don't really connect with what I mean. Yeah, I, I'm sure some of you do. Yeah, like you know all the kind of qigong, tai chi uh, practitioners. So, so they become pra uh, familiar with that. Maybe starting in their hands. Yeah? So it is a. Uh, it is a subtle, vibrational, pleasant flow within the whole body, within the subtle body or within the energy body. It is starting to feel prana or qi, you know, the Chinese word qi, as an actual yeah, experience in the same way we can become aware of the more coarse sensations in our body, like the rising and falling of the chest or touch. And here, uh, with uh, exploring pity, I'm talking about something more subtle. Yeah, It's kind of, it's not so, it's not so localized, it's not so obvious as, you know, as kind of, having a pain in your body or something. Yeah? And it is a seamless whole. Yeah? So it, it is connected. So on the cost level of our body sensation, we might have feeling, oh yeah, I have this tension here in a certain area of my body. So pity is something which pervades everything, but we might start to notice it in certain body parts. Yeah, in the belly or in the hands. And 
So the practice then is to get a sense of, and I will lead you into the, a possible experience of pity, to get a sense of that and then to make that the primary meditation object. So you, you, like you would make breath your primary meditation object. So you, you bring it into the foreground, not with the, not with effort, but with a kind of more, more, more like a gathering of your attention, gathering, a gently gathering, a gently, uh, gathering of your awareness around the meditation object, which in this case is pity, the bus, yeah, the vibration. So the way to enter the first jhana is to sink into that. And again, I'm talking about very subtle realms, or the words don't really capture what I mean. But it's a sense of surrendering to that, kind of dissolving into that. And we all can do it. So this is not a particular advanced practice. But if you have never done, done it, then it might take some time first to Identify pity as an actual experience within within the field of your body, and then uh, being able to deepen that experience and to bring it really into the foreground, and then kind of maybe even with the out breath, kind of to 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 let go into it, and it might feel actually like like as a shift yeah so then it might be that there's still some thoughts in the background or you know some unpleasant stuff which might happen in your body so that might be still there but the experience of the boundaryless uh, subtle level of consciousness is uh, pervading all of that. So other stuff doesn't matter so much anymore. So in order to be able to access pity and then through meditation on pity to enter the first jhana, it's good to have some other support here into the field. Yeah, so that we kind of create a ground uh, where this is possible. And in the Tibetan tradition, you have a lot of teachings around that, yeah? like kind of preliminary teachings, preparation teachings, preparation practices to, to create a container where then the journey of the, of the meditation can happen. And today I want to uh, mention Mudita. So Mudita is uh, is one of the six perfection, and here in our context we could translate Mudita as spiritual joy. And this, you know, different 
different contemplations, different attitudes, which might trigger that a little. And one of them is appreciation, gratefulness. So, as always, it is good to apply the teachings you receive right there in the moment. Yeah? So not to kind of just sit here, oh, now that's an information, okay, gratitude, and I write it down, and, you know, and then I know, you know, to kind of explore, uh, so what does it mean for this moment? Yeah? So how can, can we introduce a sense of appreciation or gratitude into this meeting? So how can, how can you have a bit of a felt sense in your body how fortunate it is and how precious it is on a Tuesday evening to come together in a group of people all over Europe who have this longing and this intention to make this place a better place to work with uh, with what is preventing them to help others. So any moment uh, where we come in contact with teachings and with fellow practitioners, with fellow travelers, that is a reason to feel some, some appreciation, some joy about that. the joy uh, about Sangha. So another, uh, another attitude or experience which can be part of Mudita is beauty. So, and again, how can you, you know, bring that into this moment? Yeah. I mean, if you look now at the screen, you see colors, you see life, you see faces of different people. And there can be a sense of beauty in that. You know, seeing colors and shapes and seeing faces, I much more started to appreciate that uh, being with my mother, because she's losing her eyesight. And this is like, wow, you know, so like just looking, you know, and I mean, you can look around, you know, in your room, and it's possible to you know, find some beauty in in anything what you see, just through the fact of seeing that there that there is a shape, that there is something and not nothing. So it has a bit also to do with an intention, you know, the intention how do you want to look at others or at the things around you, you know, so 
I mean, it's just this old lamp. I have seen them. Yeah, so, but if you look again with a kind of a bit more wonder, childlike mind, a, a computer laptop can, can be such a beautiful thing. A face can be such a wonderful thing. And if you open to that beauty in people, in things, there is a, you know, you can feel something happening. Something like something is opening. And that's mudita. What's, what is like that? that slight increased vitality. Slight increased aliveness. So the third uh, piece here could be the feeling of connectedness. So when we enter a, a space like this, you know, a virtual space, like a virtual temple, of course, then it's very easy to feel separated. And you know, some of you don't know the others. You know. yeah, so there might be quite a lot of not so familiar faces. Uh, but uh, there is another level where we can feel connectedness, and that is our humanness. That we are all humans with feelings. And we all struggle. But we also have this beautiful capacity of warmth and friendship and kindness within us. So it's always possible, even in a virtual meeting like that, to kind of break through that shell of uh, separateness and I'm alone. And uh, so, and this is a possibility right now for us yeah, to kind of reach out in our hearts and to meet on a more subtle level where we can recognize uh, us as brothers and sisters. A different kind of knowing each other. So the last I want to mention here as, a, as something to become aware of, to uh, you know, to make um, to make the experience of pity and then bringing pity into the foreground. So what makes that possible? That is a continuum of where, on one hand, there is inertia, and on the other end is pliancy. So inertia is a kind of stuckness, a kind of non-flexibility, non-openness. And pliancy is the experience of flexibility, of curiosity, of movement, of things happening and things are changing. We all have this tendency to inertia, so we all have this tendency to look at things and do things in same old patterns, kind of rigid. 
For example, the meditation posture. For many people, the meditation posture is an expression of inertia in the sense of, okay, this is my meditation posture and I know what it is, zack, zack. Maybe it's a bit military, depending on your character, like tight and, and uh, you know, and you know, trying to be the spiritual guy, uh, having the perfect posture or something like that. Uh, and then, and then that's it. So no attention, no awareness, no curiosity anymore. The expert mind is is that called also in the Zen tradition as to opposite, as opposed to the beginner's mind. And the same is true for meditation. So if you, um, have, for example, are, uh, have worked with the breath for a while, sometimes there is this tendency that that kind of technique becomes that. So you do it, and you know how to do it, and it kind of feels good because you, you're doing something and you know how to do it, but there is no life. There is no journey. There is no... It's like almost like you. We make ourselves immune to any kind of input, to any kind of new question, and any kind of curiosity to do it a slightly different way. Whereas uh, what we want to grow into is pliancy, which is a flexibility and openness. You know, the sense that you're always on a journey. And that is always the first meditation. It's always this, and it's always different. It's never the same. And an openness also to try out different things. Yeah. Instead of kind of seeking your comfort, comfort zone in your meditation practice. That's also fine. I mean, a bit of familiarity and feeling comfortable with your practice, but uh, you know to become aware of that stagnation which might happen. That's so the the, the inertia will prevent uh, pity to become accessible, because pity is fluid, is flexible, it's malleable. It's never the same. Okay, so that was quite a bit of information. It's so good to give information. I feel, <laughs> I feel so smart. As, as, and that's the opposite to uh, you know feeling that walking on the thin ice of pointing out instruction. You know, where it's like you talk, you try to talk about something which you can't talk about, but nevertheless you make words around it. But this is like, you know, eight jhanas. It's, it's fantastic. I really like it. So the, uh, the practice I want to uh, share with you now is, um, is not the, is not yet, uh, the, the meditation on pity, but it kind of leads into it. And that's, uh, whole body breathing or whole energy body breathing. So what do I mean with whole body? So I don't mean only the coarse body. 
So actually, I mean something which is uh, which is bigger than the coarse body. And it is the field of energy, the field of your presence, when you start to explore the whole body. So we are not, I mean, the, the mental image of the body, uh, which is often part of a meditation on the body. I mean, if, you, if I say to you, bring your attention to your right foot in, in meditation, then for many people, what first appears to them is the mental image of the foot. So it's not that. It's fine if there's mental images, but what we are trying to access is a sense of a, of a, in, in focusing, it's called the felt sense. Yeah. The felt sense of the body as a whole. And then the whole body breathing is to notice that with in and out breath, there is movement throughout the whole body, throughout the whole subtle body. And that movement, one can feel. So on a more coarse level of meditation, one would say the movement of the chest. Yeah? So that's a coarse movement of the, connected with the breath. But there is a subtle movement within your subtle body which goes with that rhythm of the breath. Regarding the breath, what I like to invite you or inspire you to do is to find a rhythm of breath with which is as long as as slow as possible yet still comfortable so that that takes some time to find uh, to find a rhythm like that so kind of breathe so breathing more slow and deeper than you would do in a in in the normal normal day breath but without getting it in, you know, it shouldn't be like an effortful breathing practice. So you find a bit of a rhythm of a slow, deep in-breath and a slow letting go with the out-breath. While your attention is on the whole body. So that is called whole body breathing. One can support that a bit with an imagination, like that the breath comes through the whole, through all the pores of your body. Okay, so let's do that. So first is. taking your seat and 
even if you are experienced with the meditation posture, um, try to become aware of how you sit down and take some time to adjust your posture with gentle shifts, gentle changes, maybe of the position of the head or the shoulders or also the hip. So you take your time to allow the body to settle. And for, for the practice here, it's good to find a balance between uh, uh, dignity and kind of uprightness on the one hand, and on the other hand, a softness and a kindness, an openness, to find a balance there. So if you tend to be quite rigid in, the, in your posture, then you soften back, relax. And if you tend to be like, I mean, exaggerated, like very sluggish in your meditation posture, then you go a bit more into an upright position, opening your chest and really taking your seat. Yes, and then for here, this kind of meditation, it's helpful to close your eyes. Different in the non-dual meditation where the emphasis is more on open eyes. And then you allow a shift to happen from the head into the body. And we can still have a sense of connectedness, you know, appreciating that we are doing this together, that we are sitting together in the healing space of this temple, of our virtual meeting. So we can bring this into Uh, a heart connection between uh, spiritual friends. And then with the in-breaths sliding into the body, And with the out-breaths, letting go. Maybe it's possible to release with the out-breath some tension in the belly and in the shoulders. thoughts, they become less important. They continue to arise, but you don't pay as much as attention to them as usual. 
and instead you bring the flow of the in and out breath into the foreground and the sensations in your body. as best as possible we welcome all the guests in the guest house of the body in the guest house of the body so it's not about fixing but about welcoming embracing letting yourself be and giving yourself the space to be who you are in this moment So and then, whole body awareness. And part of that, of course, is the course level of the sensations in your body, the shape of the body, or areas of the body who are more soft and areas where there's more tension. But we try to go more subtle than that, more deep than that. So to have a sense of the field of aliveness, which is actually bigger than the physical body. And it is a seamless whole. So it kind of pervades, but also connects the, ex the sensations, the more coarse sensations. If there's uh, still a mental image of the body, that's fine. You can leave it there. Yeah, that will slowly dissolve uh, by uh, naturally. So right now you might still have a sense that the eye is somehow sitting in your head, kind of looking down or as if awareness is coming from a center up there in the brain, as if you are kind of sitting on the body and you're looking down upon it. And we allow that notion slowly to relax. So there's more a sense of awareness pervading the whole body, not coming from a specific source. So it could start with a bit of a shift from like being in the head and 
with the in-breath, dropping into the body with a sense of I, and then allowing that sense of I to pervade the whole body and also beyond the coarse body. So, and then we begin the whole body breathing. And see if you can deepen a little the in and out breath. Without force, but just a gentle allowing of the deepening. And just notice if it's possible for you to get a sense of the movement of the breath on the level of the subtle body on the level of the energy body. So thoughts might still happen, and it's only when you get really entangled that you return to the felt sense of your body, the whole body, and the flow of the in and out breath. And notice the different energy flowing. So there's probably still tight areas in your body and you allow them to be there. Some people also might feel or see the subtle body in forms of colors. Spacious aliveness, also the spacious aliveness of the whole body, even uh, bigger than the physical body. And that field is breathing.
for one simple way to introduce some mudita, some joy, into the whole body breathing is to find a smile. And this smile can actually show in your face a little, like a little Buddha smile, a content smile. But it's more an internal gesture of smiling. In your belly, in your heart, in the whole body. Make it an experience of smiling. If you feel that you haven't anything to smile about, then you can always smile about that. Noticing the flow of the breath, where usually your feet are, where your hands are, where your legs are, where your head is. Mudita through connectedness in the temple of our meeting, protected by the presence of the Buddha, inspired by compassion. So sometimes it can happen at the cause level and the mental image of the body kind of dissolves a little. There's more the sense of vastness, of boundarylessness. That you can't really find the solid boundary anymore of this breathing field.
and any kind of unpleasant experience, some discomfort which might be there. It's just part of the field. It doesn't need to go away. It's just there as another expression of energy. As best as you can, you let go of any words or labels and experience the spacious aliveness of your body without words and experience it from where it is, not from above. Awareness and energy is the same. And when you manage to bring only a tiny little smile into it, just a, I'm breathing, I'm alive, smile, There might be that sense of a subtle joy in the field. whole body breathing. Experimenting the longest in and out breath possible without effort where it still feels comfortable. Notice the non-static, vibrant, always flowing nature of the felt sense, the subtle body. as a whole. And it's a whole which 
you are not looking at from outside, but you are it and you are in it. And notice changes happening, like there might be some contraction developing or some release, and both is fine. And just really aware of that energetically. The whole body is breathing as if the pores of your bodies are breathing out and in. And notice if the in and out breath have different qualities to them. They feel different within the whole field. Like with the in-breath, there could be a bit of contraction. And with the out-breath, more an opening and widening, going into space. But how is it for you? and sliding out by opening your eyes in your own time, but see if you can 
stay in that experience of the whole body breathing. While you are looking, maybe to emphasize mudita in the sense of looking with the intention of seeing beauty, the uniqueness, the mystery of seeing. So with all meditations, um, one needs to explore uh, and kind of make it your own. And as with all meditation, it's also about finding what fits you. Yeah? So that's why there's so many different approaches, hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of uh, different meditative contemplative techniques techniques and it is our job to um, to find those which are wholesome for us and those which feel good for us but on the other hand it's also good to become aware of inertia I kind of a resistance to any kind of instruction which are not in accordance with what you've heard before or how you have meditated. A kind of, yeah, I don't need to do that or that's not interesting or I don't understand this, this doesn't make sense. Um, so that, that's inertia. Yeah? So it's kind of one locks oneself into behind a wall of, oh, I already know everything. And I don't need to experiment or try something else because I know what works for me. So to find a bit of a balance there. Yeah? And it's also interesting to make possible uh, resistance towards instructions. Like, I don't go into a meditative, meditative posture. That's like, I don't need that. Yeah? Um, so to, to explore that, what is that? What comes up there? Uh, and I know it is challenging, or it is actually kind of a, a, a trust of gift uh, uh, to allow yourself uh, to be guided in a meditation. For some people, it's really difficult because we like to be in control. We already have figured it out. And, of course, there's also something healthy in that, you know, because, I mean, you don't want to allow every idiot to, to, uh, to mess with your heart or with your mind. Yeah? So, uh, yeah, it, it's all part of the, of the journey of a meditation also to become aware of that. And then there's also laziness, you know, kind of. As soon as there's something like uprightness or something like that, then it's so thought, so no, I'm not going to do that. You know? Then there's kind of a teenager around, maybe. 
or who likes to do the things opposite. It's very, it's very interesting. And it's all fine. It's, it's all fine. It's all allowed there as long as we are aware and as long as we're curious about it and we make it part of the meditation. So if you sit there in a, in a guided meditation and you think, oh, what a horrible voice, it's, it sucks and it's so stupid and I would do it much better, that's, that's really fine. It's good. And it's something to explore. It's something to feel. It's something to get to know. Okay, so let's have a break, 10 minutes, and move a bit um, and see if you can get a sense that you are not leaving the space, yeah? so that we are also in the break, that we are together in this temple. Uh, now in some meditation rooms we would have a tea together and chat a little, so that, that's not what we're doing now, but try to get a sense of that silent uh, connectedness uh, also throughout the break now. So see you in 10 minutes. <laughs> 